There's a mystique about the book of Revelation that almost makes it seem like it's off-limits, like it's describing something just beyond the grasp of human comprehension. So for generations, people have shied away from the book, as if nobody can really understand it until the last few moments of this earth's troubled history. But that's a concept I want to challenge on today's episode of The Voice of Prophecy. So stick around, because today we're going to start reading through the book of Revelation. Back in the early 1970s, my parents bought me a children's Bible. It was really a paraphrase, which is a man-made rewording of the Bible in simple language. But for a kid, it was great reading, and the language was close enough to the original that I actually got a sense for what the Bible was saying. And I remember reading my way through that Bible because the stories really stirred my imagination. And then I found the book of Revelation, which really stirred my imagination with vials full of God's anger and a beast that climbs up out of the sea and this antichrist prostitute who manages to bring the whole world under her seductive spell. I mean, what kid wouldn't find that interesting? It's the kind of thing that makes Harry Potter or the Hunger Games seem kind of weak by comparison. And as a kid, I read Revelation, and I reread Revelation. And at one point, I remember I ran out into the backyard and looked up into the sky to see, is Jesus coming yet? Because I'd seen this bit in Revelation where Jesus says, Behold, I come quickly. And as far as I was concerned as a kid, that meant right now. I was fully expecting something to happen right away. But exactly what that something was, I had no idea, because I really didn't understand the whole book. Like millions of other people, I sensed that the content in Revelation is important, that it's supposed to be telling me something, but I had no idea how to figure it out. And, and then to make matters worse, there were all these people who used the book of Revelation to back up their own personal ideas. And when I compared what all these different people were saying, I discovered none of them actually agree with each other. And it left me wondering, is the book of Revelation like an old piano or a violin? Can you just take this thing and play any tune you want? Can you interpret this any which way you please? Instinctively, I knew that couldn't possibly be true. I mean, the rest of the Bible was so profound, so meaningful, that I refused to believe that the book of Revelation was just some kind of meaningless appendix, some kind of joke that God tacked onto the end to confuse people. If Revelation made it into the canon of Scripture... It has to mean something. The first people who read it, those seven churches mentioned in the opening chapters, they must have understood what it said, or I doubt they would have bothered passing it on to the next church, and I doubt that we'd have a copy today. The other books that John wrote are so profound, so meaningful, that I also doubt John would have attached his name to this book full of wild imagery unless it means something. But what exactly is it? What does it mean? Can you even figure it out? I remember that really came to a head for me during the first Gulf War back in the early 1990s when the news channels were suddenly full of these video clips, tracer bullets, lighting up a dark green sky over the Middle East. And preachers were practically going into orbit, declaring that the Battle of Armageddon was about to begin. People were talking about the threat to Israel 
how Saddam Hussein was going to drop Scud missiles on Jerusalem, and how the Russians would get involved, and World War III was going to break out, and, well, if you're at all religiously inclined, you probably remember all the hype. And all the people who gave us the hype? Well, they were dead wrong. There was no World War III. There was no Battle of Armageddon. And all those people who were so busy quoting Revelation, they just disappeared into the woodwork. And they wait for the next major crisis to break out so they can get started again. It was at that moment, during the first Gulf War, that I became determined I was going to figure it out. Surely, the book of Revelation isn't just meant to fuel crazy conspiracy theories. And surely, Christians aren't meant to jump from one wild conclusion to the next. Somehow I knew that book means something. And that's when I discovered that for more than 1,800 years, Christians have been in virtual agreement about how to read the book of Revelation. It's only in the last few generations that we've made the book confusing. If, if you go back in time and read what Luther said, or what the early church fathers said, or guys like Isaac Newton, the great scientist, if you read what these people said, you discover that while many Christians differed on the fine details, there was almost universal agreement on the general concept. They all approached the book of Revelation the same way. And, and if you ever want to see how much agreement there really was, I highly recommend that you get your hands on a copy of Francis Nichols' monumental volumes, The Prophetic Faith of Our Fathers. It's this detailed history, four volumes, of what people said about Daniel and Revelation from the earliest days of the church right up to the 20th century. Now, I've got to warn you, those four volumes aren't exactly light reading. It's actually thousands and thousands of pages. Those pages are worth every minute you might spend reading them. The picture Mr. Nichols paints is astonishing. Most of us as Christians used to agree on the interpretation of Bible prophecy. And then sometime in the early 1800s, it all changes. It's really only been for the last 200 years or so that we've had such a vast diversity of opinion. And it's really only been the last 100 years or so that we've been jumping from one wild conclusion to the next, changing our minds about Bible prophecy every time the headlines change. Let me assure you, it wasn't always like this. And I'm convinced there's actually a reason there's so much confusion. I know it's going to sound like a conspiracy theory, but I'm convinced that someone doesn't want you to know what the book of Revelation says. There, there are people and movements out there who stand to lose a lot if you suddenly read the book of Revelation and you actually understand it. So here's what I'm going to do. From time to time here on The Voice of Prophecy, and maybe not every week, but with some regularity, we're going to start working our way through the last book of the Bible. Because I want to show you that understanding Revelation isn't nearly as hard as you think. There are basic tools and concepts that if you had them, the book of Revelation would almost read as easily as any other book of the Bible. And we're going to start doing that today by dispelling some important myths about this book. So, if you've got a Bible laying around the house somewhere, you might want to run and grab it and follow along, because in just a few minutes, we're going to start in at Revelation chapter 1 and look at some really important ideas, some foundational concepts, and I'm going to get you started down the road to really understanding Revelation. So, go get your Bible, and I'll be back in just a moment. Hello, I'm Jean Boonstra. Are you searching for answers to life's toughest questions? Like, where is God when we suffer? Can I find real happiness? Or is there any hope for our chaotic world? 
Are you searching for answers to these and other of life's most challenging questions? Well, the Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers that you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or give us a call at 888-456-7933 for your free Discover Bible Guides. Study online on our secure website or have the free guides mailed right to your home. There is never a cost or obligation. The Discover Bible Guides are our free gift to you. Find answers in guides like Does My Life Really Matter to God? and A Second Chance at Life. You'll find answers to the things that matter the most to you in each of the 26 Discover Bible Guides. Visit BibleStudies.com and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions. Okay, we are back from the break. I'm Sean Boonstra, your host. You are listening to The Voice of Prophecy. And today we're going to start working our way through the book of Revelation. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time looking at what this preacher says, or what that preacher says, or what this book says, or what that book says. I'm just going to deal with the text of Revelation itself. And we're going to start giving you some simple keys that will open up the book in a way you never dreamt possible. So, let's begin at the beginning with Revelation chapter 1, right up at the very top. And I want to see how far I get before I actually run out of time today. So, Revelation 1 verse 1. Listen to what it says. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. Now, let me stop right there for a moment and identify a couple of really important concepts, stuff you're going to need to understand before you can really understand the rest of the book. In a lot of copies of the Bible, especially the older ones, there's a title at the top of this book that says, The Revelation of John, or The Revelation of St. John the Divine, or something like that. And really, that's a pretty good title, because the book was authored by the Apostle John while he's a prisoner on the Isle of Patmos. But I don't want you to forget, that title above the book is a man-made title. It was created by the translators who needed a title for the book, but that title is not actually a part of the letter that John wrote. In fact, I kind of think John might be appalled if he knew what we labeled the book, because he states point-blank in his first few words that this is not the revelation of John, it's the revelation of Jesus. This is not about him, it's about Christ. And unless you really take that concept to heart, you're not going to get to the heart of what Revelation is saying. This is not a book about the Antichrist. This is not a book about war, or pestilence, or hard times, even though John absolutely mentions those kinds of things. This is, first and foremost, a book about Jesus. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, you can actually understand that title in two different ways. You can understand it to mean that it's a revelation from Jesus to John, which is something that's actually stated in the next few words. Or, you can understand it to mean that it's a revelation of Jesus, a description of who he is. And in both cases, you'd be absolutely right. But unless you read the whole book with the idea that you're looking for Jesus you will never understand this stuff. So, let's get back to the text and start again from the very top. Revelation 1, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent it and signified it 
by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. So, look at the line of transmission for a moment, the way this book came to us. This whole book is a message from God to his servants, a message from God to the human race. And right off the bat, that ought to tell you that this book is not supposed to be a mystery. God is not in the habit of stuttering. God doesn't make himself unclear. When he speaks, he intends for people to listen. Now, sometimes God will couch his message in a format that really makes you think, just like with Jesus teaching in parables. Sometimes God uses metaphors and symbols to help us understand big concepts. And that's the case with the book of Revelation. It is a signified book. It's a book of signs or symbols. And one of the tools you need to understand this book is a basic grasp of what those symbols actually meant to John back in the first century. You want to be careful that you don't take modern understanding and apply it to this book. One of the big mistakes we make is when we take the symbols of Revelation and try to understand them in terms of 21st century thinking. So, for example, some people might be tempted when they see an eagle mentioned in Revelation 12 to think that it must be a reference to the United States because, well, the eagle is their national symbol. But don't forget, the United States did not exist in the first century. It didn't really exist for almost another 1,800 years. So we've got to be careful that we don't read something into a symbol in Revelation that the first century church couldn't possibly have understood. This book is written in first century language. It's biblical language. It's biblical symbolism. One of the greatest keys to understanding what Revelation is about is to simply let the Bible define its own terms. When you read through the whole Bible, you start to see the same symbols John uses being used in other books. And more often than not, those other books will tell you exactly what John understood by that symbol. John used language that was widely understood by a biblically literate audience. And actually, something like two-thirds of the imagery used in Revelation actually comes from other parts of the Bible. So what does that mean for you? It means that unless you read the whole Bible, you're never going to understand Revelation. Oh, wait a minute, Sean, what do you mean? I have to read the whole book? Well, yeah, you do. If you want to get past the wild speculation of all these sensationalistic TV preachers, you have to read it all, from Genesis all the way through to the end. Because the book of Revelation is the capstone of the Bible. It's the summary, the closing argument. It really uses the language and stories of the whole Bible to make its big points. It uses stories from Genesis. It uses the language of Exodus and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. It uses the story of Elijah. I mean, it uses everything. And the place it borrows from most is the book of Daniel, which is kind of a companion book for Revelation. In fact, there is so much overlap between Daniel and Revelation that you can practically use those two books alone to explain each other. Now, you want to read the whole Bible, but those two especially go together. If there's something in Daniel you don't understand, look for the same sign or symbol in Revelation, and chances are it's going to explain it. And it's true in the other direction, too. If there's something in Revelation you don't understand, go look for that symbol in Daniel, and it might just explain it. But again, the bottom line is this. You have to read the whole book. There's just no way around it. There is no shortcut. That's the kind of effort it takes to understand what it's saying. 
Now, fortunately, I've got all kinds of tools that will help make that task easier and more productive, not the least of which is our Discover Bible course, which you can have absolutely free of charge. I'm just going to give it to you because I really want you to have the same opportunity I've had to understand what's going on in books like Daniel and Revelation. So you want to make sure you have a pen and paper handy because in just a few minutes, I'll give you the information you need to get your first lesson delivered to you. But for now, even before you get your Discover course, let's go back to Revelation chapter 1. And we've made our way down now to verse 3 which has some of the most important information we're going to read today. Here it is, Revelation 1, verse 3. Blessed is he who reads, and those who hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Now, let's stop and ask one simple question. I mean, does that verse, verse 3, does it sound like the book of Revelation is supposed to be a mystery? I mean, if you and I were never supposed to understand this book, Why would God say that we're blessed if we read it? Why would he say that we're blessed if we hear what it says and keep or do what it says? That doesn't make sense. So to all those preachers who have told us, and for generations now, they've told us you can't understand this book, that it's some kind of imperceptible cosmic ministry, I say nonsense. That's not the truth. The book of Revelation actually starts with a promise that you can understand it. It starts with a triple blessing pronounced by God himself on anybody who reads it, hears it, and does what it says. Now, those three things, reading, hearing, and doing, are absolutely critical if you hope to understand this book. So, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a short break so you can get your free copy of the Discover Bible course, And then I'm going to come right back and unpack Revelation 1, verse 3, just a little bit more. And I don't think you're going to want to miss this, so don't you go away. I'll be right back. Hello, I'm Jean Boonstra. Do you feel as if you have more questions than answers in your life? Are you searching for answers to some of life's biggest questions? Well, the Discover Bible Guides can help you find the answers you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or call us at 888-456-7933 for your free Discover Bible Guides. Visit BibleStudies.com and begin your journey today to discover answers to life's deepest questions. Okay, we are back from the break. And today we've started to read our way through the book of Revelation, which is something that I'll probably do off and on over a number of weeks. And I guess the reason I really want to do this is because it was the prophetic books of the Bible, Daniel, Revelation, it was those books that finally demonstrated to me in no uncertain terms that the Bible is not like the other books on your shelf. This is not just ancient mythology. This is not just a bunch of religious propaganda. This really is the voice of God to the human race. Once you've seen what prophecy says, once you've seen the intricate layers and the astonishing way that it lays out the history of the world in advance, and I mean it lays it out in specific detail, well, there's just no way that you can dismiss the Bible as some work of fiction. Yet, most people never have the opportunity to really read and understand this stuff, because most of what we get on Revelation, the books, the movies, the TV specials, most of it, is nothing more than sensationalism, designed to push books and videos and make somebody out there a lot of money. Listen, honestly, The book of Revelation, it's not that hard to understand. You really can get this 
if you start to understand how it was written and how John would have understood the symbols he was using the day he wrote them down. One of the biggest keys to understanding is context. You have to read every verse of Revelation in the wider context of the book of Revelation. And you've also got to read every verse in the wider context of the entire Bible. Because the language and symbols that John uses were widely understood the day he wrote them down. His audience got it. Now, just before we took the break, we were looking at Revelation 1 verse 3, which makes it absolutely clear that God intends for you and me to understand this book. So let's read it one more time, just in case there's still someone out there who thinks that we were never meant to understand Revelation. Here it is, Revelation 1 verse 3. One more time. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. Now, those three things mentioned in that verse are absolutely critical if you're going to develop the skill you need to understand what John is writing. You've got to read it, which is kind of a no-brainer. You've got to hear it, also a no-brainer. And then it says you have to do something about what you're reading. And really, those three concepts, they, they seem obvious at first, but they run deeper when you look at them more carefully. When John says that God will bless people who read the book of Revelation, he's actually referring to the ancient practice of reading this book out loud. I mean, this book was originally a letter addressed to seven real churches in Asia Minor, roughly the place where modern Turkey is now located. It was written in a day and age without a printing press or a photocopier, and John expected the leader in each church to stand up and read this whole book out loud. Which means that if you really want to get the original flavor of this book, you should probably find a quiet place and read it out loud. Imagine yourself in an ancient church, and it's your job to read this letter to the rest of the congregation. And reading it out loud actually really helps your comprehension level. And really, it's more than just reading it out loud. This also suggests that the book of Revelation is meant to be shared. It's meant to be discussed between people. It's one thing to learn what it says, but it's another thing to share what you're learning with someone else. There's something that happens when you take the ideas presented in the Bible and discuss them with other like-minded people. Not only does your own personal understanding go through the roof, you also start to absorb the ideas into your person. They become a part of your thinking. They mold your character. They make you a little more like Christ. So, sharing the book of Revelation, reading it out loud, that's a key strategy for understanding it. But so is hearing the book, according to John. And that doesn't just mean you let the sound waves bounce off your eardrums. When the Bible says that God blesses people who hear the book of Revelation, it's really using that word the same way your mom did when she said, clean your room, and then said, do you hear me? It doesn't mean just listen. It means take what it says to heart. Because if you have no intention of taking God's wisdom to heart, if you have no intention of doing something with the information God presents, then there's no point in studying this. Because this is not just a book of interesting facts. This is an intimate, detailed revelation of God's Son, and it's designed to change your life and pull you closer to God Himself. It's designed to make you more like Jesus. So, if you're going to read this book and really understand it, you have to start with the determination to take it to heart. So, read it and hear it. And then it says that God will bless people who keep the words of the prophecy 
people who actually do something about what they hear. The blessing doesn't really come from memorizing a bunch of prophetic facts. It doesn't come from marveling at how God manages to predict the future with so much remarkable accuracy. The real blessing comes from altering the course of your own life to match the direction that God is going with the whole human race. The blessing comes from aligning yourself with the will of God and doing something about the things that God is showing you. So, one more time, let's read those first three verses in Revelation chapter 1. And let's pretend we're in Asia Minor and you're actually sitting in church. And the preacher gets up and says, I have a message from John. I've got a letter that he wants me to read you. That would be very exciting stuff. So, in your imagination, in your mind's eye, let's go back to the first century. Here it is again, Revelation chapter 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants, things which must shortly take place. And he sent and signified it by his angel to his servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ, to all things that he saw. Blessed is he who reads, and those who hear the words of the prophecy, and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. How exciting would that be? I mean, to get a message from God. I'm telling you, once you start to see what this book actually says, once you start to comprehend its key message, you're going to find that this is just as powerful, just as relevant for your life today, as it was for that first audience 2,000 years ago. So I've got a challenge for you this week. I, I want you to take the first few chapters, say Revelation chapters 1, 2, and 3, and I want you to go and find a quiet place and read those three chapters out loud. Take a pad of paper, write down notes, write down your thoughts as you're reading, and specifically ask God to show you what he's trying to say. Then, over the next few weeks, as we meet together here on this program, we'll go through those three chapters and look at the historical context so that you can really grasp what it's saying and make it part of your own life. We're going to take a little bit of time in chapter 1 and really look at some important detail there, and then we'll look at the messages to the seven churches. So that's your homework assignment. Go and read chapters 1, 2, and 3. And in the meantime, you might want to go and sign up for the Discover Bible course, which I'm offering at absolutely no cost today. It really is yours just for the asking. And in half a moment, my wife, Jean, is going to give you the information you need to get your first lesson delivered to you. So, away you go. Go do your homework. And next week, I'll be back with the next installment. We'll go a little bit further into Revelation chapter 1. And until then... Thank you for listening. I'm Sean Boonstra, and this has been The Voice of Prophecy. Hello, I'm Jean Boonstra. Well, just like Sean, I can remember my early readings of the book of Revelation. I'll admit, my reading created more curiosity and questions than it did answers. The language of the book can be overwhelming without a guide, and so I'm glad you've joined us as we begin to study together through the book of Revelation. It's a message of hope from our Savior Jesus and a promise of His soon return. Well, if you have a lot of questions and curiosity about the Bible like I did, then I know where you can begin to find answers. The Discover Bible Guides will help you find the answers that you're looking for. Visit us at BibleStudies.com or give us a call at our toll-free number, 888 
1-800-456-7933 for your free Discover Bible Guides. The 26 Discover Guides cover a whole range of subjects, including the ones we've been talking about today. Guide number 12 is one of my favorites. It shares the message of Scripture that we have an ever-present Savior. And in guide number 10, discover the answer to a vital question. How soon will Jesus return? Study online at our website, BibleStudies.com, or have the free guides mailed right to your home. There is never a cost or obligation. The Discover Bible Guides are our free gift to you. And while you're online, be sure to visit us at VOP.com. At VOP.com, you'll find audio archives of this program, the latest ministry news, and resources to help you dig deeply into God's Word. And did you know that you can listen to this program right from your smartphone or your tablet? Well, just search for Voice of Prophecy in your favorite app store and download the free app. So give us a call at 888-456-7933 or visit us online to begin your journey to discover answers to life's deepest questions. Thank you. 